How's it going, everybody? This is me again, your host, Chewy, and I want to welcome you back to the podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. And I am, once again, like always, joined by my good friend, Monica. Hi, guys. How's it been, Monica? I'm doing good. Indeed you are, my friend. I, I got a very strong drink. I'm on my second one, so I'm feeling pretty f***ing awesome right now. <laughs> You're in mode right now. Yes. <laughs> mode. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm actually drinking myself as well tonight. I have a dark beer in my hands. Ooh. I prefer those than lighter beers. I mean, I, I don't... Maybe that makes me a hipster. Uh, but... <laughs> no, it just has more flavor, honestly. And I mean, lighter beers are good, but for beer pong... But um, when you wanna <laughs> you wanna taste something when you when you when you wanna feel something you drink a darker beer you know they got more more they're more bodacious. I like how you specify <laughs> that it, the the lighter ones are good for beer pong. They are you know because if they spill you don't feel shit, you know <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel the guilt you know as you would with like a nicer darker beer. Also, they're easier to chug. They're easier to chug. Dark beers are a little bit, like, they're heavier, typically. So, you know, they're harder to drink. And they, and when they get warm, they don't taste as great. So, it's easier to just knock a, a, a light beer down during beer pong than it is with the other ones. I speak from experience. Like, wait. Sorry. <laughs> well, I think you're enjoying yourself a little bit too much there, my friend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> had a, a little mishap with the mic there not bad <laughs> yeah but i mean I, i've always liked darker beers i mean ever since i was younger and i was like a, a budding connoisseur of, of beers ah. mm-hmm. <laughs> um i usually go for for the darker beers like you know for example guinness is one of my favorites of course mm-hmm. i like the one that i'm drinking right now negra modelo mm-hmm. uh, that's like, a good one I, I think my favorite when i was a kid a kid you know that was 20 whatever <laughs> <laughs> When I was a, a wee young child. Yeah, I, I was n- nothing but a spring chicken. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like this one called Indio. That was a really good one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Indio's and I, I tried it again recently, and I didn't like it as much because I don't know if it's because it's, I got it here. Because when I got it in Mexico when I was younger, it, it tasted differently. I don't know if, it, that, if that's got, got anything to do with it. but. So my dad, that's one of his favorite beers. That one in, um, I think, Victoria? Mm-hmm. Also, but he gets when he he likes the ones from Mexico too. Like, cause I, I don't I think I don't know if he's had the ones from here, but I, I I think he said the same thing you did that they don't taste the same. There's something about the flavor. I don't know if it's like the, because it's made here. Isn't it like an import technically? Wouldn't they be bringing it from Reynosa? It is, but because maybe they have different quality standards over here. Right. There there's certain flavors or, or certain things they can't use when they make it. So yeah, maybe they have to use different ingredients or something like that because. Uh, I don't even remember <laughs> back when I, I think you were a little bit young for this, but uh, when I was a kid, I was in middle school. I was about 12, 13 years old. Okay. You know Lucas, right? Oh yeah. The Lucas. They have lead. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. So you, so you do know the story. Um, I do. <laughs> they stopped making it because they found out the containers in which they made it were painted with lead-based paint. The same thing with the little packets, but this is the thing, though. They're still the same in Mexico, no? Allegedly, they they don't use the same containers anymore. But I mean, it's Mexico; dude. they're not gonna care. Right. So <laughs> I think because I I think I think I saw somewhere that here they don't taste the same. But if you go to Mexico, 
it's the same sh- it's the same thing you know because i mean they got different standards over there than they do here you know are different rules because you know, technically here there's stuff that they won't give in other countries as well so i used to like the um, the little limon packets oh yeah the white ones right the the white ones yeah and like i remember putting those just cutting a corner of the thingy putting the whole thing in my mouth and i would chew on that for like ever for like the longest time right oh, dude. um <laughs> good times it was the best uh, and then after a while, like either they stopped selling them, like because I would get them from the little from the ice cream truck, they wouldn't sell them anymore. And then when I did finally find them again, they didn't taste the same. But in Mexico, they they're, they're allegedly they st- they're still the same. They haven't changed much. Yeah, well, they do. A more I guess everyday example would be Coca Cola. Right. They used to have Coke. You yeah. Well, not only that, but if you buy a Coca Cola in Mexico, it tastes different than American Coca Cola. Yes, because the one in Mexico has actual sugar cane sugar, and over here it's you know not the good stuff. Yeah, so, the artificial stuff. Yeah. Artificial sweeteners. Yeah. I don't drink sodas as much anymore, but when I, on the blue moon that I do drink a Coke, uh, I would buy a Mexican soda. Same. Me too. It's just mm-hmm. it's more flavorful, dude. I think it's better, and and. It is better. Also, it comes in a glass. I don't know what it is about glass that makes everything taste a lot better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like it, the Mexican cokes taste way better than the ones over here. So, for sure, I always get that. Whenever I get tacos, Mexican coke, always, always. Mm-hmm. Definitely, that's the way to go, my friend. Mm-hmm. And the audience might be thinking, what the hell does that have to do with tonight's episode? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, very little. But what it does have to do is that these things can make you sick. And for, for example, the <laughs> the lead-based Lucas. I mean, that you're not gonna have a good time if you eat that, you know. But right. I'm bringing that up because we do have a special topic for tonight, right? Yes, we do. Medical mysteries, I want to call it that. Medical mysteries. Uh, we have mm-hmm. a ghost legend from Mexico about uh, a medical staff personnel thing. Oh. Person. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk a little bit about haunted hospitals. And then for the academic segment, we're going to do a true crime nurse from the early 20th century. Ooh. So that's how this whole testing, you know, it, it's all about connecting it to, to medical stuff, I guess. And <laughs> but before we do that, though, before we get started, my friend, I do want to remind our listeners of our social media accounts. So we have our Facebook as under, sorry, <clears throat> Facebook is under <laughs> Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. Our Instagram is under Myths Behind LGDS. Our Twitter is under Myths Behind, wait, yes. Myths behind LGDS. <laughs> Am I saying that right? I can't. I, right. Myths behind LGDS. Uh-huh. And our, you can also email us at mythsbehindlegends at gmail.com. Please email us. I like getting emails. It's awesome. fun. <laughs> cool. Our letterbox <laughs> where we submit little bite-sized reviews of the episodes or the movies that we cover in our episodes, rather, is mm-hmm. also under Myths Behind LGDS. And our website slash official unofficial website is <clears throat> let me get ready for this <laughs> I need to practice my voice for this one uh, okay here he goes it's under myths hyphen behind hyphen legends dot dot com I did a whole dance. Uh, man, you know what? When you guys 
actually see us. Eventually, <laughs> we're going to put this on YouTube. And you won't see me do my little dancey dance whenever he says the whole long URL that we have for our website. <laughs> it's going to be a blast. Yeah, and, and obviously, I mean, I would have liked for something to be more more compact and easy to remember. But that's what I was stuck with with our, our temporary... Honestly, I'm kind of emotionally attached to that one now. So... <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's a, it's a, it's a vibe. All right, it's, cool. I like it a lot. I guess we might keep it a little longer than just for Monica's sake. Yes, please. <laughs> it makes me happy. It gives me serotonin. All right, awesome. So, uh, having said all that for now, let's go ahead and take a little break, and we'll jump right into our medical mysteries episode. Yes. So we're enjoying our drinks quite clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the the we get more relaxed and more uh, comfortable. Same. I mean, I, I, I have a problem. You, uh, the only downside is that it does make me sleepy, but I think I think I'll pull through. We're good. I think you have your best it's, moments when you're in that state, my friend. I think so too. I think <laughs> I'm more insightful. You know, it's, yeah. When I'm under the influence, you know. <laughs> May I remind our audience that Monica lives in California, so what she does is perfectly legal over there. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Which I'm not doing right now, but, you know, when I do, I definitely enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> but I miss it if we ever do move, you know, because yeah. unless they legalize it in Texas by the time I go back, because that would be freaking awesome, but we'll quick, see. Quick side note, they were actually having a debate in Mexican Congress whether they wanted to legalize it in the whole country this past week. I saw that. Uh-huh. And then some lady was talking about, like... You know, when people smoke, they go on like three day long trips. I mean, we're like, uh, I mean, that'd be great. Honestly, it does. That's not the way it works, lady. It's hours at the most if we're lucky. But, you know, I mean, if you got something that strong, pass pass it on. That's nice. (laughs) I'll request those three days off so I can go on my three day long trip. Hell yeah. (laughs) Well, I I think she might be under the impression that she's going to smoke acid or something. But, anyways. Uh, yeah, that makes more sense. It's not the same. It's not the same. Uh-huh. So uh, let's go ahead and get started with, with, uh, sorry, with our episode, my friend. Okay. Uh, so I wanted to start off with a folk legend that is more common in central Mexico, specifically in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. It's where this uh, legend is uh, more widely known, where most of the accounts of the sightings of this particular ghost are from. Although okay. there are reports of people seeing it throughout Mexico in different cities. Mm-hmm. People even in different parts of the world report seeing something similar to this ghost. And basically, I want to start off, It's uh, her name is Eulalia. It's kind of a, okay. a weird name for us, but I mean, this person was uh, a nurse mm-hmm. in, the early, in the early 1900s in Mexico. Where... Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't sound like a weird name. Like, I feel like I've heard it before. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was more commonly used, I guess, in, in ranching communities. I mean, even to this day, yeah. I, I, I've met people that are named this, and usually they're older ladies, like, oh, not maybe not yeah. older, so, but like 40s, 50s, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, younger people, I haven't met many people with this name, or any, really, but 
anyways, the point is that Eulalia was a nurse in Mexico, and, and there's different origins depending on who you ask. Some people say that she was a nurse in the 1850s. Okay. Some people say that she was actually a nurse as recently as the 1980s. Mm. Okay, so I guess it depends on who you ask and where they see her, what hospital, etc., right? Yeah. So she is most commonly named as the nickname that was given to her of La Planchada. Mm-hmm. And La Planchada, uh, she got that nickname because every time she went to work, she was a nurse, like I mentioned. Her uniform would be perfectly ironed, like all neat, like no creases, nothing. It was like perfect, like professionally ironed because, yeah, because she was a really dedicated nurse. She was really professional in, in her job. She loved her job. She was really um, good at it. Yeah, she yeah, had she, pride in her. Yeah, exactly. She had a pride, a good pride in her appearance, etc. So, essentially. That translates into the ironed lady, not iron lady, but the ironed lady. So meaning that, her, uh-huh. again, her uniform is perfectly neatly ironed, right? Yes. Like any ghost story, this happens to be a, uh, how do you say that? Unrequited love story? Unrequited, yeah. Unrequited, unrequited. Unrequited, I think. Is this one of those cases where it's tomato, tomato? Or is mm, it actually like... I think, it's un- I think it, it is unre- unrequited. Like, because they say unrequited love. Yeah, it's unrequited. Okay, so to avoid any confusion, I'll just say she loves somebody that didn't love her back. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, the story starts like this. She was a nurse, and she was really good, and she was beloved. Everyone in the hospital loved her. They thought she was the best person, you know, that worked there. A few years after she had been working there, she was still, like, in her 20s, maybe. And this young, dashing doctor came to work into the hospital from a different city in Mexico. And, yeah, and I want to think this guy looked like me. Ah. Because, by the way, Eulalia was, was said to be a really beautiful lady. She was said to be, like, really lighter-skinned with blonde eyes and... and sorry, blonde eyes. <laughs> How drunk so, am like, I? like, the girl from... Mm. Did you ever watch Rebelde? Yes. I'm sorry, like, what was her name? The blonde one? Uh, I think her name was Mia. Mia. Let's say, let's say it was a young Mia. Yeah, kind of like that. So, yeah, she was lighter-skinned with blonde hair and, and light, you know, green or blue eyes, depending on who you ask. So she was uh-huh. considered to be very pretty, but on top of that, I mean, again, she was really good at her job. She was really professional and dedicated. So this mm-hmm. guy comes into the, the scene, and he's um, kind of breaking hearts left and right. Every every like, nurse in the hospital falls for him because he's so dashing and so handsome and this and that. Like, so, uh, what's his name? The Levy guy. Uh, William Levy? William Levy, what's that? Yeah, <laughs> William Levy and yeah, There you go, perfect, perfect. <laughs> I got it, I can picture it now. So, there you go, there you go. So, this guy, you know, again, he was uh, a ladies' man. Eulalia fell madly in love with him. Mm-hmm. Even though all her co-workers were telling her, like, no, you know, this guy already dated so many people. and He's a player, but of course, we want the bad boys. Exactly. So, she started to make herself, you know, more present around him. And, and what do you need, doctor? Like, what can I help you with? You know, just kind of getting his attention, right? Yes. So after a while, of course, I mean, he saw that she was really pretty and stuff like that. So she, so he was like, yeah, okay, you know, let's let's, go, let's hang out and see what happens, you know. So they started dating, uh-huh. quote unquote, steadily for a bit, according to this uh, that I'm reading here. And eventually, he actually became her boyfriend. Okay. Because he had dated other people in, in so many months, whatever, but he had never been anybody's official boyfriend, but he became her boyfriend. Oh, wow. So in her mind, she was like, yeah, that's it. Ring. Bring, I got bring him. It. Yeah, bring it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, actually, they became boyfriend-girlfriend, and eventually, I think he actually did propose to her after a few more months. 
Wow. So she was in Cloud9, you know, she was super right. happy because she had a great job that she was good at, that she loved, and she had met this guy that was good looking and also a really good doctor, and mm. he, quote unquote, loved her, right? Right. Ah, uh, but here comes the sad part, my friend. <laughs> it was when he cheated on her. Um, well, before the marriage, it was maybe like a month before the marriage, or a couple of weeks actually, depending on who you ask again. Okay. He's like, hey, I just got word that I have to go to this other hospital in, in a different city because they're having a seminar and they want me to do a presentation and this and that, whatever, on this. Uh-huh. And he's like, so I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks. Mm. But as soon as we get back, I'll, you know, make the arrangements for the wedding and we'll get married, right? As soon as I get back. Okay. So she was like, well, okay, I guess, you know, I'll miss you, this and that. So the guy leaves and he doesn't call or anything. Oh, hell no. Mm -mm. He's cheating. Yeah. And two weeks go by and no word from him. Three weeks, no word from him. A month, mm -hmm. no word. Whoa! Bear in mind, this is the early 1900s in Mexico. So okay. cell phones aren't a thing. Yeah. Very limited telephone access, if any. Especially, I mean, maybe if, if you're in a hospital, then maybe you have a phone in there, but most people wouldn't have a phone in their homes. Yeah, so letters. Yeah. So letters, so she was hoping, well, maybe I'll get a letter in the mail sometime this week, and she never did. So it was close to a month after he had left that one of the doctors in the hospital, hey, I got to tell you something. And she was like, well, what happened? Like, have you heard from him? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, um, he left because he quit his job here <gasps> because he was engaged to some other chick, and, and he married her. Oh, my God. That, oh, that bastard. How dare he? How dare he? Wow. So, William, you broke Mia's heart. Ah. Mm, 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 mm. Please tell me she, like, found him and, like, destroyed him. Well, unfortunately, no. Because what supposedly happened was, my friend, that she didn't believe it at first. She was like, no, she was in denial for a, for a couple of weeks, you know? Of course. Weeks became months. Months became a year. No! And this whole time, she was just so heartbroken that she started neglecting her job. She was just not into it anymore. And eventually, she became so bitter over this that she started on purpose being like neglectful and not abusive to her patients, but she wouldn't care about them at all. Damn. So she wouldn't do her rounds. She was just like, ah, eh, whatever. I don't care about this guy. You know, let him know. like hardcore depressed. Yeah. 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 So this went on for several years, actually, because she... Uh, reportedly lived to a very long life you know late into her 70s maybe 80s damn so she by the time she was that age i mean of course she had been retired from the hospital for for a good amount of time by then yeah but as she knew that her death was coming she became so regretful and so overcome with with sorrow for what she had done to all those patients over the years oh no that she was like you know like i mean i i need to Fix know, it. Fix it somehow. And reportedly, that is where she came from. She became a ghost after she passed because she was so attached to the job that she had that she had neglected for so long. Uh-huh. And she wanted to somehow fix it from the afterlife that she actually became bound to that hospital. And that is why people still see her to this day in that hospital, right? Wow. Now she actually does her job as, as a nurse. Huh. You know, instead of being neglectful and not giving patients their medication, whatever. Attentive, yeah. Yeah, the the reports are that typically an encounter goes like this. You know, there's a, a person sick in the hospital in either the ICU 
or mm -hmm. somebody that's being neglected by the by the patient by the doctors you know uh-huh because they don't care about him or they don't have money whatever yeah so what will happen is sometime during the night she will come into the room she still has her old-timey uniform from the early 1900s uh-huh her hair is you know all, all neatly done and everything her uniform is perfectly ironed she's carrying this old school little me like medicine cart uh-huh with all the different medications and pills and everything and she'll give the patients their medications she'll ask them how they're doing if they're feeling fine or not whatever and she'll talk to them for a couple minutes all right and she'll give them what they need so if they need painkillers she'll do a, a shot whatever she need, if they need pills she'll give them the pills and most people that have reported seeing her feel really good after the fact they feel like a sense of relief i mean maybe their pain isn't gone away completely but it's helped yeah but they feel like oh man somebody cares about me you know they, they feel that like a sense of of comfort yeah right because she makes them feel comfortable and she makes them feel appreciated and that's from the patient's point of view and then some people that are in the family sometimes you know they're they're hanging out in, in the waiting rooms outside mm -hmm. so some people that are sitting in those waiting rooms have also reported seeing her that she'll come up to them and ask him hey you're 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 here to see so-and-so right and they're like yeah yeah how's he doing and she'll fill them in oh i just gave him his medication a couple minutes ago i talked to him he's doing fine so and so etc so she'll have a little conversation with them about the health of the the patient yeah and then she'll be like oh you know what like i'm, I'm kind of feeling out of it because my my fiance is out of town and i'm waiting for him to to write to me whatever so they're like write to you like i guess text or whatever and people start wondering uh, yeah. <laughs> because who writes letters anymore <laughs> you know right but again she talks to them for a couple of minutes and then she's like well like i'll i'll see you around you know tomorrow night or whatever so then she goes and she's uh -huh. you know i never see her again well yeah and then later you know some sometimes goes by and the families are like hey what happened to that kind nurse that was helping my my relative or my son or whatever the other day and they're like who like and they describe mm -hmm. her like oh she looks like she's a really pretty lady you know girl with like lightish blonde hair and, and green eyes whatever and they're like uh yeah you just talk to a ghost <laughs> that's her resident ghost <laughs> she makes rounds here and there yeah, so I mean, of course that terrifies people because what? What do you mean a ghost? Like why? Like so they think you know. I mean, these guys are playing a joke on us. Like nah, whatever. but yeah. sure enough, I mean, the more they look into it, the more that people tell them. I mean, I'm sorry, nobody here works with that name or with that description. But you, we do have reports of somebody you know, seeing her in the past, and and there's this legend about this ghost, whatever. So they fill them in on that, and they're like, what the hell just happened? Like crazy. <laughs> Imagine, dude, you like go to the hospital to go see your tia or something. And you speak to this lady and they're like, oh, she doesn't, she's not on this earth anymore. But, you know, she's, we know her. She's a good, she's a good, uh, a good noodle. She's fine. <laughs> Imagine how scary, that, how scary that would be, dude. I mean. Uh, yeah, that'd be trippy for sure. At least she's not a bad ghost. At least she's not torturing the patients. Yeah, because, like, again, she was so overcome with all that grief from all the years of neglect that, that she put those people through because of her own heartbreak yeah over some bag of douche right oh I, I think i forgot to mention by the way that the hospital where she's most often seen in mexico is called hospital juarez is it in juarez in uh no i, I believe it's in mexico city ah okay yeah but it's, it's called hospital juarez I'm, I'm not even sure if that hospital is still running or not it might be a different hospital or it might have been demolished mm -hmm. or, or whatever but that was where she was most reported 
as wow. you know, because that is where she used to work at. But before, when she used to work there, it had a different name. I believe uh, I, I forgot what the name was, but it had a different yeah. name when she worked there back in those times. You know, why do you think that so many hospitals have reports of hauntings or ghosts or? Because there's so much death, dude. It's like people die every day in a hospital. You know, there's a lot of people with unfinished business, with resentment, with guilt regrets like that nurse so all those feelings i believe manifest themselves and that's how they end up becoming haunted i agree with you i think it's just that so much grief and, and just pain when i was in high school i took a class to try and see if maybe i would like to get into the medical field and we did um <clears throat> Like we did like basic things like take, you know, draw blood and check people's uh, pressure and all that stuff. Uh, I never got to draw the blood because like I was too scared. But we had to go do rounds at the hospital at the it was the, the I think the Memorial Hospital, the White Hospital in, in, in McAllen. Right. I went in there. I was I, I went in there with like a hopeful perspective. Where I was like, oh, cool. You know, this is this might be the start of my career. Right. And as soon as I went in there and I smelled it, I was like, nope, this is not for me. Like I, you can feel the despair, like the, the, like, and, and, and props to those people who are doctors, who are nurses, who love that stuff. Like good for you, but I can't do it. Like I just, I, it's too, it just feels like sad and like just heavy in there. And like I hated the smell of the the chlorine, whatever the hell they used to sanitize everything. It was overwhelming. I couldn't do it. So, mm -mm. no. I I can feel like the vibes there are just so like it's chaotic, dude. I can't I can't do hospitals. I hate hospitals. Yeah, dude, it's just very heavy and and we're, like we we're saying, just really so much grief and pain and and anguish and anxiety and stuff like that. So yeah, I think that's why a whole bunch of them have that whole like ghost hunting or you know reports right asylums too yeah yeah and i was gonna say that you know especially the the old-timey ones the ones that are abandoned because a whole bunch of them pretty much all the ones that we hear about have very similar backstories or you know started in the 1800s or the early 1900s whatever and they're usually very overcrowded understaffed super neglected mistreated abused yeah exactly really unsanitary conditions yeah people that were centered by their families against their will because they had some sort of mental deficiency or they couldn't take care of them yeah yeah or, or physical you know malformation or something like that and mm -hmm. they were just abandoned because the family didn't want them around because that was embarrassing for them or something like that right it was like taboo yeah it was like they were in it was inconvenient for them yeah, yeah embarrassing so, yeah so definitely I, I think that's something that that uh i mean being cared yeah yeah just uh full disclaimer you've been listening to us in the past few episodes or you know all along whatever like we, we've talked about how we believe in, in supernatural stuff and i i do think that when there's that much of a concentration of, of energy it, it lingers in a place i think it lingers i mean even if you don't believe in supernatural stuff, like you were saying you, you can actually walk into a hospital you can feel it and just feel how it the, how heavy the environment feels you know because we we radiate stuff dude like whether we you know want to believe it or not like you can like 
I worked at call centers, like, and I could feel the anxiety, like, the despair, the f***ing, the depression, frustration. Like, you can, the air feels different, you know? Like, in, in, I don't know if it's because I'm, like, extra sensitive to that stuff, but, like, I can sense it. You know, I can feel it. So, yeah, for sure. Like, and, and I believe, like you said, energy definitely, like, when it's in that high of a concentration, like, it can, you know, stick to the walls you know like manifest itself into something so yeah yeah i think it definitely lingers after many many years even oh yeah and going back to the planchada before we end this segment really quick i wanted to ask you <laughs> i don't know how you i don't know how you're gonna feel about this question but just bear with me here uh-huh. so what do you think is worse in her case you like from from the perspective of you as a patient okay do you think that having her touching you to comfort you and make you feel good and then finding out she's actually a ghost this whole time, do you think that's that's worse, or do you think her trying to touch you and comfort you and you're not feeling anything would that be worse? If I didn't feel anything, yeah, that would be worse. You think so? Yeah, because like if, like, she, if she was like like making like your sheets, whatever, or kind of cleaning your face with a little rag, and you didn't feel her hand touching you, like would that, would that freak you out? That would definitely freak me out, <laughs> like because. <laughs> I would be more okay with like feeling something and then realizing she wasn't real like it was like that she was a spirit or something because i'd be like oh wow dude like that's nice you know somebody in the afterlife like came over and was taking care of me and it felt good for that moment but if i don't feel anything like that's just creepy no the what the what the, what was the point of all that you know like no yeah, that would definitely freak me out i think I would be more freaked out of finding out that she's a ghost. Okay. Because if she's trying to, like, you know, comfort me, whatever, and she's, again, cleaning my face or, or giving my medication that I don't feel her touch, whatever, and me not feeling it, I could always throw it to me, like, oh, maybe I was just delirious. Ah. Right. True. Yeah. Maybe the medication was so strong I didn't feel anything. That would be, like, like my, my safety net, like my inception, what is it, what, totem, <laughs> what do they call it? Yeah. <laughs> Versus, oh, yeah, you know, th- yeah, thank you, thank you, nurse, Eulalia, for helping me with this, whatever. And then, like, a day later, oh, by the way, that nurse that helped you and you talked to for, like, five minutes is actually a ghost. Uh-huh. I think that would freak me out more, dude, honestly. I don't, because I, I mean, I, maybe because I believe that there are ghosts, you know, like, I believe in that stuff. Like, I, it would feel comforting. Like, dude, like, I would feel special, honestly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, somebody from another plane of existence took care of me. I'm that cool. That's fucking awesome. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I like how we have different perspectives on this. Yeah. I would have honestly thought you were going to say that you were going to be freaked out when you find out she was a ghost. Nah. Versus nah. not feeling nah. anything. I mean, I, I, I obviously, like, obviously I would be like, I would be tripping out in the beginning, but I'd be like, huh, like, that, that's nice. You know, the, the resident ghost came and visited me. How many people get to say that? Hmm. I guess that would make you special, my friend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> so, uh, you got any final comments on the story of Eulalia or anything you might want to mention as far as uh, medical mysteries or hauntings? No, I, just that I was expecting her... I was expecting a whole twist, like that this chick was going to be murdering people or something, but, you know, this is nice. I, li- I like the way it turned out. It is very interesting you say that, my friend, because we are going to talk about a person that ended up doing just that in the next segment. Damn. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No rainbows in this episode. Yeah, this is all about, you know, the 
despair. Yeah, the despair and the anguish of being alive. So, <laughs> okay, I'm already there. <laughs> and that is what we're drinking tonight. <laughs> yes, self medication. It's the best. <laughs> All right, so that was our segment on the legend of La Planchada. If you have, sorry, if you guys have any experience with this or you've heard about it, if you haven't heard about it, let us know what you thought about it. If you thought it was cool, if you thought it was an ass story, whatever your opinion might be, please do let us know in our email. So we'll be taking a little break and coming right back with our academic segment. Okay, so we are back, and like I mentioned earlier, we are in the academic segment in which Monica and I connect with the topic that we speak in the first segment in a real-life example, quote-unquote. Okay. Yeah, so we talked about a nurse, Monica, that, as we mentioned, she became so heartbroken that she ended up neglecting her duties, mm -hmm. and as she got older and got sick, she regretted doing all those things, and she bound herself to the hospital in the afterlife. Mm -hmm. Allegedly, of course, and she now takes care of patients from that plane of existence, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, it's funny that in the very end you mentioned like, oh, I thought this girl was going to end up becoming a mass murderer. Mm-hmm. Because I did find somebody that ended up doing just that, my friend. Great. So, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with her. I wasn't really familiar with her until actually I saw, I don't want to call it a meme, but I saw something on Facebook, like a post on Facebook about her. Uh -huh. I, I do have some horror groups in my personal page. Okay. And somebody posted something about her, and I didn't know, and I thought it was just like a, a creepypasta or whatever, but I actually looked up and in, looked into her. Uh huh. And it turns out, as, as far as I was able to find, that she was actually a real person. Okay. okay so, her name, as uh, she was more commonly known in known in adult life, was Jane Toppin. I hope I'm saying that right, or Topan. I'm not sure, but I'll just call her Toppin from now on. Okay. okay, so she was born around the 1850s in Boston to an Irish immigrant family. Unfortunately, her mom died of tuberculosis when she was a kid. An infant, actually. Mm -hmm. Her father was abusive, or suspected of being abusive. Eventually, he was said to have lost his mind and to have <laughs> sewn his own eyelids shut. What? In his madness. Wow. Okay, so how's that for an origin story? That's insane. <laughs> okay, so reportedly, before he did that, the father um, took... Because, by the way, her, her birth name was not Jane Toppin. Her birth name was Honora Kelly. I believe I'm okay. saying that right. Honora Kelly. So the, the, the father took her and one of her sisters called Delia to an oh. orphanage. And they were placed in foster homes. But reportedly, one of her sisters ended up becoming a prostitute and an alcoholic. The other sister ended up also losing her mind, and she was interned in an insane asylum. Uh huh. So, Hanura became a, a servant to the family that she was fostered with, the Topans of Massachusetts. So, they changed her name to Jane Toppin because back then in those days, 
there was a lot of discrimination against Irish immigrants. Okay, yeah. Right? So mm -hmm. in order to avoid having her exposed to us, so they changed her name to Jane Toppin, like she was one of their own family. Uh -huh. Initially, she was doing really good in school. She had a good group of friends, but then she started be you know, not keeping up with her appearance, so she started becoming overweight. Ugh. And she started developing worrying tendencies. Let's call them that. Mm -hmm. She would lie to people a lot. She would say that her father was a sailor that was always on, uh, you know, on trips around the world, exploring new lands, quote unquote. Uh -huh. That one of her sisters married an English nobleman, and that's why she was never around. That she was living in Europe. Okay. And she said that she had a brother that was decorated by Abraham Lincoln. That was given some sort of medal by President Lincoln. Okay. Okay. So she started coming up with all these wild stories, right? And then she became a nurse in training at a hospital around the time that she was about 30 years old or so. Uh, she became known as Jolly Jane because she was really outgoing and, and people liked her. But eventually, as she got more comfortable in her place of work, she started to become a gossip person. Uh. She would gossip a lot. She'd make up stories about people that she didn't like. She even lied and she came up with a story that the emperor of Russia was offering her a job. <laughs> overseas and this, uh, this is all according to the story that I found and I found this by the way in the website for the New England Historic Historical Society okay right yeah she was coming up with all these wild stories dude about her family and herself about how you know I guess the emperor of Russia wanted her as her, his personal nurse whatever mm -hmm. eventually the administration grew concerned because she was developing some sort of weird fixation with autopsies okay she wanted to be present. She wanted to learn everything she could about autopsies. Uh huh. Things got especially weird. One of the patients in the in the hospital she was training at reported that she had seen Jane climb into her bed and kissing her. So then she stopped when she saw that the patient was awake, and she like ran out of the room. And then the patient's like, "Well, maybe I'm just like delirious, delirious whatever." Yeah. So she never reported it up until later on when things got a little creepier with her that she actually got arrested for all the crazy stuff that she did what? that this patient came forward with her story so eventually what happened was that she ended up getting fired because she was giving medicines without prescriptions to patients uh -huh. but the doctors are like hey uh, uh, we can always get you a job with a private home to okay. some of the rich people that we know so they fired her from the hospital but they're like hey we can get you a job with a rich person <laughs> <laughs> you don't care. You'll be fine. Yeah, so, I mean, she, she got a job somewhere else with a, a, a rich family. But before we get to that real quick, she was earning more money than a lot more nurses around that time. She was making the equivalent of, back then, $25 a week, which would now be about 720 bucks. A week? A week, yeah. Dang. For being a nurse in training, I mean, that's not bad, I don't think. That, yeah. Making about 3000 a month. I mean, you know, you could do worse. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> for giving medicines for free and harassing patients in their sleep. I mean. Right. <laughs> I guess they gave her, you know, that sexual harassment training. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so, I mean, and amidst all this, she grew, grew to have a reputation of being a big drinker. She was, a, you know, a very... Um, not proper lady quote-unquote for the times you know okay she would drink a lot she would gossip a lot she would rowdy uh, yeah rowdy exactly so 
not something that was very approved of back then, I don't think. It was times. frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was frowned upon back then. So, like I mentioned earlier, she got a job with a rich family, and uh, she killed them off one by one. What? <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean, I'm laughing cause, not because it's funny, but because... Okay, yeah, we hired this nurse a month ago, and now three people in her family are dead under mysterious circumstances. Like, what does that make you think? Come on. For sure it was her. Dude, yeah, so she killed a person by poisoning her. She killed people in, in, in reportedly, a, a few different ways, you know? Yeah. She killed a, a friend of hers to that was competing with a job for her. So the hospital gave her the job because the other, pa- the other applicant died. died, you know? Unbeknownst to them, she had been murdered by this girl, by Jane. But eventually, she ended up fired from there too because she was also, you know, not very responsible with the medication stuff like that. So she she got fired again. Yeah. Okay. So then the family that she had grown up with took her back in. I mean, they had been in they had not been in speaking terms for a good number of time or a good number of years. And so they're like, well, you know what? Let's pass things up. Come over, and we'll, we'll, you can you can stay here with us, and you know, until you get back on your feet, get a different job, whatever. So what happened is she ended up killing her foster sister. Wow. So she killed her foster sister, and then she started to hit on on the husband of his foster sister. Damn. Because she wanted to, yeah, she wanted to marry him, and then. He was like, no, I'm not going to marry you. What's what's wrong with you? So then he killed also the housekeeper. She Uh, killed the housekeeper. Yeah, Uh she killed the housekeeper because she wanted that job. And then she said, well, if you don't want me here, I mean, you can at least hire me as your housekeeper. But before that, I got to kill the one you have right now. Oh, my God. You know? So he killed or she killed uh, the the housekeeper. And then the guys were like, well, I don't want to marry you. I don't want you here. Like, what's wrong with you? So then she thought, well... I think what this guy needs is for me to poison him <gasps> so that he can fall in love with me after I take him, you know, <laughs> take, take care, care of him. Yeah. Wow. So this happened, you know, she tried to poison him and the guy was still like, no, what's wrong with you? You poisoned me. You killed my, I mean, he didn't know he, she had done it, but he suspected it, right? Yeah. And then when that didn't work, she's like, well, you know what? I'm going to tell everybody you, you got me pregnant. <gasps> <laughs> so this girl's like a classic, like, novella villain, dude. Like one of those novella ladies yes. that... Like, what's her name? Uh, Soraya? Like, yeah, uh-huh. La, 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 maldita <laughs> That's what this person made me think of. Because, like, she's killing people left and right just to get her way, dude. And it's just like, oh, my God. Dude. And, and it gets weirder from there, dude. Like, as if, as if all this wasn't weird enough just yet, I mean. So, this guy is like, no, get out of my house. I don't want you here. So then, reportedly, she tried to commit suicide. Okay. But she survived. So then she ended up going to live with some other friends of hers that took her in. I guess they felt bad for her. Mm-hmm. Because, again, they had no idea she had murdered all these people yet. Mm-hmm. So then she went to live with this family, right? And, again, people in that family started dying off one by one. Right? So she killed the like the wife of the, of the guy that, was, that owned the house. He killed, or she killed um, the guy himself. And then she killed two of his daughters. Wow. And by this point, the authorities are getting like, whoa, whoa, whoa. everywhere this girl goes, people start dropping like flies left and right. What's what's going on? Yeah. 
so one of the family members of that second family is like, hey, people started dying when this chick showed up. So what's up with her? Uh -huh. So they opened an investigation and sure enough, they discovered that they were like following her stuff like that. And she had killed a few more people by that point. So they finally arrested her in 1901. She went to trial for murder in the summer of 1902. She confessed that she had killed at least 31 people, but perhaps as many as 100. Oh my god. Between her jobs and, and the hospitals that she had and all the family people that she killed. Yeah. She's like, I don't remember. I, I for sure 31, but maybe as much as 100. Like old casual dude, like old yeah. you know, sociopath, you know, like not caring about anything. Oh, yeah. And one of the people that she had killed, you know, uh, her foster sister, she was quoted as saying that, and I quote Jane Tapan, I had held her in my arms and watched with delight as she gasped her life, her life out. Wow. So she liked to do, she, she liked doing this. She so. enjoyed it. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. killing that many people, she, she, obviously she had a thing for it. And the jury deliberated for a scant 27 minutes, but check it out. What do you, do you think they find her guilty or not guilty? I feel like they did, they said not guilty. Well, you would be right about that. They find her not guilty, but because they thought she was insane. Yeah. Reason of insanity. Yeah. But her sentence was to be committed to a psychiatric hospital for the rest of her life. Hmm. So she passed away in 1938. So she was in that hospital for about 36 years. Damn. She passed away, I believe, in her late 60s, early 70s. I wonder if she killed anybody in that psychiatric well, Some group. people report that she was trying to convince the orderlies to kill people for her. Well, no manches, <laughs> In the hospital. Nope. Yeah. To conclude that whole thing about her, just psychiatrists in the present time believe she is one of the most unusual serial killers in history. Unusual? Yeah. Why unusual? Because of her methods, you know, I guess she, she favored poison and she was found not guilty because of insanity and stuff like that. Mm. That's what I think, at least. But also because, well, as we described earlier, she had a very unstable childhood. I mean, her father was supposedly insane. A bunch of her sisters were also insane or died. Her her mother died of tuberculosis. Mm -hmm. But unlike most female serial killers, apparently she had a sexual thrill when she killed someone. So when she did it, she was aroused. Yeah, she got off on it. Yeah, so... I don't know, man. I, I, oh, and by the way, the reason she gave for all this behavior... Uh-huh. And this is this is how it ties in with the previous story of Eulalia, the planchada. Okay. She was quoted as saying that uh, she started her killing spree at age 16 because a boyfriend dumped her. Mm. That an office worker in that hospital had given her a promise ring and moved to a different town, and then he fell in love with someone else and dumped her. Wow. It's almost the exact same story, dude. Yeah, uh -huh. except <laughs> this one went to the dark side, and the other one didn't. It's almost the exact same story, dude. And then another quote she said is like, well, if I had been married, I would not have killed all those people. I would have been too busy with my husband and my kids to have murder in my mind. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe she would have still started killing their f***ing pets and then evolved to killing her whole family. We'll, we'll never know. So, I thought it was interesting, like, all these parallels as far as when they started their changing behavior. Yeah. In the case of Eulalia, we mentioned that she 
neglected her job, but to the best of anyone's knowledge, she never killed anyone. Mm-hmm. But this lady went all out, dude. She started poisoning people and, you know... What do you think about all this? I mean, I've I've listened to a lot of true crime, and you see this in, like, a lot of serial killers. You know, they... they... I honestly don't remember the whole how the whole theory goes, but there's like a few things that make a serial killer. And when all those things are combined, like and it and it starts at a very very young age. Like some some of them experiment with like murdering animals, like squirrels or like bugs or whatever. And then they start moving on to like actual bigger things to eventually go to humans. Um, others like are treated really bad abused as children and then they develop some kind of like something cracks you know in their brain and then they end up you know hurting other people and some just like like this chick you know just snap out of nowhere like i mean obviously she went through some stuff but you know they snap and then they start in a sense retaliating and they murder people i didn't know that it's like a rare thing for women to get off on the murder because I know that's very common for like when it comes to like serial killers like in men mm -hmm. but I didn't know that that was like rare for women because like usually when you hear about women it's crimes of passion and stuff like that you know like yeah usually it's it's like some sort of a retaliation for something right and for her it was more like of a thrill mm -hmm. that's crazy no remorse dude that's insane I mean for her to have I mean, apparently forgotten how many victims she had. Yeah, she didn't care at all. This tells you how detached she was to everything. Yes, for sure. That's crazy. I mean, can you imagine how many patients that had unexplained deaths were actually dead because of her? Yeah. I mean, she says at least 31, maybe as many as 100. What if she killed 200 or 500? I mean, we'll never know, dude. Yeah, we know because she, she doesn't even know. Yeah. She didn't keep track because, again, she like you said, she didn't care. She's like, I'm mm -hmm. doing this in this moment to get off in this for a few minutes, and then I'll move on. I think feel better. There. Yeah. Do you think this was hereditary in some way? Hereditary? Well, didn't you say her dad had like psychological issues? Apparently, her father and also at least two of her sisters. Yeah, I mean, it's possible because aren't like some mental issues like passed down mm -hmm. through genes yeah makes sense yeah so just you know uh psychology 101 with chewy here uh mm -hmm. <laughs> so, i mean yeah a, uh, some mental illnesses are more commonly passed down through genes yes than others you know and i, I think in her case it must have been that yeah could have been that yeah. played a big part in it and then of course, I mean, the heartbreak, I understand feeling angry at the world or sad or depressed, whatever the case might be. I think that compounded with her predisposition genetically. Yes, uh-huh, that. that definitely, yeah. yeah. And then the environment in which, she, because she was around hospitals and patients that were sick or dying. Mm-hmm. I think all that combination of factors kind of started her and her career. Yeah, because, I mean, it's one thing for... You know, somebody without those problems to experience heartbreak and then, you know, go through depression or whatever. Then they deal with it and then they get over it. But, like, for somebody who's so sensitive and already has those problems, probably, 
you know, embedded in them. That could have been the last, the cherry on top. She snapped, and yeah. The perfect storm, so to speak. Exactly. Damn. I thought it was funny because when I was planning this episode, uh huh, I was planning on talking about the planchada and other haunted hospitals stuff like that, and then like I said, I came across this, and I was like, this is almost the exact same story. Right. As far as her being heartbroken because she fell in love and, and the guy was supposedly gonna be married to her, they got engaged. He moved away for work reasons, quote unquote, and then yeah. she never heard from him again until she found out she was, you know, left for some other girl. That's so messed up, though. Like, what a cop out. Like, what a, what a freaking coward. Like, you didn't have the balls to tell your girlfriend that. You met someone else and you fell in love with them. You didn't have the decency to give them some closure. Instead, you just abandoned them and left them in the dark and then had them lose their shit. Like, that's so messed up. So I hope Karma got them, for real. Either the wife cheated on him or, you know, he was sterile, could not have children like he wanted. Something. Something to compensate for the fact that he hurt these two women. Or... That these men hurt these women because that's so messed up. At least tell them, be a man yeah. and be like, hey, you know, like, I'm really sorry, but I met someone else. You know, you should go find someone else, too. Mm-hmm. This is how ghosting worked in the 20th century, my friend. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they stop texting you and then that's it. And you're like, what the fuck? And then you see on their fucking social media, oh, they got a girlfriend. I'm like, really? But I wasn't ready. I'm not ready for a relationship. Well, fuck you. <laughs> Some men are just trash. Yeah. No offense to me. <laughs> no, that's okay. Women aren't perfect either. Trust me on that one. Well, that's true. <laughs> Definitely true. Do you have any more final thoughts on the story of Jane Toppin before we move on to our next segment? Men are trash. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> except for me, of course. I'm, I'm the except, best. Except for, my, except for my men. My men's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not your man, but I'm also good. So... Yeah, you're great, too. You're pretty cool. <laughs> um, by the way, I am single, ladies. Am. <laughs> we have very many outlets of social media. You guys can reach out to Mr. Chewy over here. You know? Yeah. Slide into his DMs. Uh, I don't know. At the moment, I'm planning on staying single for a while. Let's just put it that way. Okay. You can still slide into his DMs, well, you know? I mean, Give... I have no... I mean, I, I'm, I'm always up for conversation. You guys want to talk to me with, you know... Right. He's He's up for making friends. <laughs> all right so that was our topic on jane toppin and the parallels between her real story and the legend of la planchada in mexico so we were taking a break and coming right back with our special segment for tonight we'll be right back Okay, everyone, so we are at our special segment for tonight in which when we talk about an urban legend or a folk legend or something like that, I take it upon myself to write a song for this. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> a man of many talents. Yes, actually, I'm, I'm a decent musician. I'm a decent cook. I'm not very funny, but I'm good looking. So, I mean, we can't all be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I, yeah, I just wanted to, to mention that we're writing a song, or that I was writing a song for this. And I am going to make this a very melancholic jam, kind of like make it a slow song. I'm not going to have a lot of... I don't think I'm going to have any heavy guitars on this one. I don't think I'm still working on it right now, but it will be done by the time the episode goes on the air. So you'll be able to hear the the final demo in its, in its glory. Because when I write a song, I just make it like a little two-minute thing. And I'm planning on actually making all these into longer songs and maybe releasing a compilation album on it. So, yes. <laughs> Thumbs up for Monica right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, on this one is going to be a slow, melancholic jam. It's going to have maybe violins or strings in the back, kind of make it like all dramatic, kind of soundtrackish, I guess, in a way, Monica. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to give it like a haunting vibe, like, you know, just really dark and, and like. Really catch the betrayal. I'm going to try to it. do that. Yeah. I think we've all been betrayed at some point in our lives, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, not necessarily in in the love department. It can be something job-related, job friendships, you know? Maybe mm-hmm. somebody lied about you on the work side and then you got passed on for that promotion because that person was a dick. That's very specific. <laughs> or it could have been your dog, you know? Maybe you told him to, you know, come sit with you and instead he sat with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I like that example. I mean, if I was making a song about my cats, I mean, woof, I would have material for days. Cats can be evil sometimes. Because cats don't listen to anybody. Cats don't give any... Cats only care about themselves. They this only care true. about you when they're hungry. Right. And then mm-hmm. they'll come and, I, like, I have a cat. I mean, my, my cats are mostly outdoors. Yeah. I do have a couple that do come inside every now and then to take a nap, whatever, when it gets too cold, too cold or too hot. But even the ones that are outdoors, I have little, like, makeshift cat houses for them so that they're safe from the elements. They're, I mean, they're not exposed to the extreme cold or rain or anything like that. They're, they're safe. But anyways, um, I have a cat that we call El Guero mm-hmm. because he is white and ginger. Okay. And he's very spoiled. Like whenever he sees me, he would just like roll on his back and kind of like put his legs up. And I want a belly rub. I want a belly rub. So I gave him like a little belly rub, and he's all like doing his little movements and everything. Yeah. And then other cats come to see what's up, and I start rubbing them, and he gets mad. He's like, "No, me, me! Like, give me the attention." (laughs) So he's kind of like me in cat form. Okay. I see. Because I want all the attention, uh, 24-7. Son interesados, that's it. Like, they're just, you know, just want attention. They're just little attention whores. Yeah, the other cats that I have, I mean, they're they're okay with me playing with them for a couple minutes, and after that, I kind of just walk away and sit in a tree or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I get that example about the betrayal. I'm like, dude, I'm out here to play with you, and you're, like, hanging in that tree you over there. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to try to catch that for sure. Um... Do you have any ideas that I could try to... I mean, besides that, Cats of Betrayal, what else should I do in this? Betrayal, disappointment, uh, maybe some rage. Okay. Some despair, you know? Imagine, put yourself in their shoes. Like, 
what would you hear playing in your head if you went through what they went through? I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that that concept. I'm gonna try to um, capture Emulate. that. Emulate. Okay. Capture that in my music for this. Um, I do have a name for this. I mean, I don't know if it's kind of pretentious. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> let, let me tell you what the name that I had in mind for this is, and you tell me if it's right or not. I'll change it. Okay. I was gonna call this "Ode to an Undying Love." I mean, okay. Ode just reminds me of like classical music, but yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, because I was gonna make this mostly a. Uh, like an orchestra, violins, string arrangement kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That, that, I guess that fits the. All right. The title. All right. So uh, I'll stick to that name as per Monica's request. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, my request. Okay. I'll try to I'll try to capture all the all the feelings and emotions you just described for me as well, my friends. So, like I said, all that's right. still under production right now, but I will finish it in the next couple days or so, and that'll be a part of this episode. So. You're going to get to listen to it right after we finish this segment. So, any right. final thoughts, Monica, before we move on? Nope. Not at all. Thank you for your support, my friend. I appreciate you. You're welcome. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, without having anything more to say, let's go ahead and listen to the song that I produced for this podcast episode, titled, Ode to an Undying Love. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Okay, everybody, Lissat Face 49, we have reached the ending of our podcast. So I want to thank everybody that's been listening in for the past few weeks. If you've been listening in for longer than that, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Even if it's the first time you're listening to us, thank you very much. We appreciate you for taking time out of your busy schedule and spend some time with us. Yes. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, please do let us know. Email us. If you didn't like it, you can also email us and tell us what you think we could do differently because we do take suggestions into consideration, my friend. Mm-hmm. We do. Uh-huh. And also, if you maybe want to be a part of this podcast in the sense that you have a story for us to share, if you have um, interesting information, pictures you want to share with us of, of ghostly locations, I mean, we can share that and credit you, of course, for that. Mm-hmm. We'll get to our social media accounts in a minute. You can send us all that stuff. We are always looking for collaboration with people. I want to give some shout-outs. Monica, I have some interesting shout-outs for this week. Okay. I don't know about you. I want to thank our new Twitter followers that kind of picked up this week. Mm-hmm. And we're happy about that, of course. But I'm especially happy because horror icon slash legend Tony Todd liked one of her tweets. Cool. <laughs> so for the people who are not familiar with him, Tony Todd is the actor that played Candyman. Nice. And he also played the mortician in Final Destination, the, the weird oh, guys yeah. who are doing the autopsies, you know? Yeah. Uh, among many other characters, you know, he, he he's a really good actor. And he liked one of our tweets, so I was like, <gasps> and I checked, and it is his official account, because, you know, sometimes there's there's fake, fake accounts, but Fanic. his had the yeah. little check mark, and it's him, and he's posted a picture of, of himself, and I was like, <gasps> fanboy moment. I was like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was me when I saw that, that reaction. I was like, oh, yes, thank you. Ah. Picture? goat making that sound that's what chewy look <laughs> <laughs> a baby goat <laughs> so yes thank you for him for for liking the tweet you know it was awesome uh because i think i said something like somebody asked a question on twitter and i was like well who would you like to have as a guest and i put the names of some people that i would like to you know horror actors producers uh, yeah. authors you know stuff like that and i put Oh, some of these people, you know, because they're, they're icons and I enjoy their work and I'd be honored to even have a conversation with them about horror experiences, uh-huh. you know, but their experiences in the horror realm, right? Right. And that's what he liked. He liked that, you know. That's awesome. So I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> again. <laughs> that's so cool. That doesn't happen very often. So you get twice. Yeah. <laughs> you get it twice for this episode. <laughs> okay. <It's> and... <laughs> I want to thank also or give a shout out to the Paranormality Radio Podcast Network. That is a website in which you can find several different podcasts in the horror genre. Anything from UFOs to cryptids to ghost sightings to the stuff that we do, for example, uh, movies and shows, Uh stuff like that. They have a whole bunch of them. You are sure to find something you like in that website. I mean, any podcast that is in there is really, really good. And I'm really happy that our podcast was in their trending category. So that means that people were kind of picking up on us a little bit. And that made me really happy, my friend. I don't know about you. Yes, me too. Thank you, guys. Awesome. So the next step is for you guys to go out there and vote for us on that webpage and get us into their top 25. Yes. So that'll that'll help us get out there even more and help us grow and, you know, keep motivated. Stay motivated. And it'll, it'll get another one of those, like you know, yelling, screaming sounds that Chewie just did earlier. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> That's a promise. I'll do that every time something positive happens in our podcast. <laughs> nice. 
Okay, so uh, I do want to also give a shout out to Isaac and Meg from the Hidden in the Shadows podcast. I had a chance to do an Instagram live with them last week. And some of that audio that I was able to capture from them will be featured in the next episode, my friend. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. And speaking of our next episode, Monica, what's going to be the topic for next week? Well, it's... uh, Okay, so basically, just imagine being surrounded by all types of spirits whom you do not know whether their intentions are good or bad. I think that could be a number of things, so I think that's big enough. Thank you, my friend. You're welcome. <laughs> and of course, our social media accounts before we forget. Our Facebook is under Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. Our Instagram is under Myths Behind LGDS. Our Twitter is behind Myths Behind LGDS. And you can also email us at mythsbehindlegends at gmail.com. Cool. And we have our letterbox, which is also under Myths Behind LGDS. And our official slash unofficial website at the moment is myths-behind-legends.mailchimpsites.com. <laughs> I like how we're both dancing on camera. I did another little dance, but, you know, you guys yeah. can see it. <laughs> All right. So do you have any shoutouts, Monica, on, on your end, by the way? Um, I mean, just... You know, thank you to everybody who's been following us on Twitter, everybody who's been adding us on Letterboxd. It's really cool to see those uh, notifications pop up. So thank you guys and keep sharing, liking, you know, telling everybody about our podcast so, uh, you know, we can grow. But yeah. Thank you. And yeah, for sure, like I mentioned earlier, uh, if you have any suggestions, comments, questions, anything you want to share with us that you want to be a part of this podcast, like I said, you know, pictures, accounts. We can always make something happen for you and, of course, credit you as a source. So, any final comments, Monica, before we end our episode for tonight? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, you know, poor women. Poor women. That's all I got to say. Oh, the ones that got, that got cheated on and they... Screwed over by these trash men, yes. Guys, don't be douches, you know? You know, closure's important. Just let them know, you know, like it might be hard, but grow some balls and do it. Exactly. Or and they might come and kill you. You never know. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what they're afraid of. They're afraid of that. They're going to they're going to have some sort of like someone like Jane Toppin and come hunting them down. Well, if <laughs> they do that, maybe they will. Maybe they should just be like actual decent human beings and do the right thing. <laughs> or if they do follow you and you know because you you left them in the dark that's your own fault you know don't don't be that guy yeah and that same goes for ladies because ladies can also be mean right it Sometimes. goes both ways both ways so the moral of the story is closure is important don't be a <laughs> all right so without having anything more to say i do want to thank everyone that listened to us again and I want to wish you guys a great night, evening, morning, madrugada, uh, hangover, trip, quote-unquote, like Monica's <laughs> trips. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so until then, have a good one. Bye.